know that you could be anywhere in the world, but you've decided to come here to listen to my show. If you could please give us a like and leave a great review, we would really appreciate it. So today's show is a little bit different than my normal podcasts. Um, I am having a conversation again with Mary Nisi. She's the owner of Toast and Jam DJs. And we had a part one conversation last year, and we talked about politics and Mayor Johnson and other things that were happening in the world related to small business owners. And we once again have another conversation around small businesses and what are some of the things that politicians are not doing and you know, what are some of our struggles? And it's just, there's a lot happening with small businesses, especially with women-owned businesses like Mary and I. But I want to caution you on this particular conversation because um, there is some swearing going on and we are talking about some topics that um, might be, um, you know, a little salacious or offensive or (laughs) triggering for some people. So I am going to, for the first time, the first time on my show, I'm going to put parental discretion advised because there's a lot of cursing going on. So um, just to give you a heads up. And again, this is um, a little bit different than what I normally talk about on my show. Um, I normally have different types of conversations with business owners and entrepreneurs, but this is a woman that I work with in Chicago, in Illinois, and she's a small business owner just like me. And she and I always have a fantastic time when we get together because it's usually kind of wild and she's really opinionated and um, she's a lot of fun to talk to. So enjoy the show and parental discretion advice. I'm not going to be doing any bleeping. I'm not going to do that. So just go with it this time. And I cannot wait to talk to Mary Nisi again next time because again, we have such a ball. Welcome to the Honest Field Guide podcast, a weekly show dedicated to winning in entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Ginger Birkenbuehl. I'm the CEO of Burt Creative, a leadership, brand strategy, and visual identity agency dedicated to helping scale brands and assist with their adaptability with the market. On my show, you get to eavesdrop in on intimate conversation with business leaders and inspired entrepreneurs designed to give you tips and strategies so your own business can thrive. Subscribe and join me each week for laughter, inspiration, and honest stories. Hey, Mary. Hey, Ginger. <laughs> Ginger. So, Ginger. So I always I always tell this joke because um like people like I ask people that that are from Boston um I'm like I tell them I said my name is Ginger and they say and I say you know they say oh hey nice to meet you Ginger and you're like that that's the way to finally get someone <laughs> to say your name correctly Exactly every time it works every single time I mean and I love it I was at I was at Sundance Film Festival last month and I met a couple people that were from Massachusetts and it was just it's such a great conversation starter. So thanks for saying ginger. Yes. Uh-huh. Ginger. 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 Yeah. My dad was like, when people, when you introduce yourself to people, make sure that you say, my name is Ginger. You know? I met somebody recently whose name was Gina and it was spelled G. She was, my name's Gina. G-E-E-N-A. Cause my dad didn't want to spell it G-I-N-A cause he didn't want people calling me Gina. And I'm like, Gina. <laughs> I'm like, how forward thinking you know for what? I'm sorry. Only a man would look at G-I-N-A and think giant vagina. Yeah, I mean, I've, honestly, I've never looked at it and thought. Never, ever. Yeah. I mean, men just, you know, they have one track mind. No offense, it's, guys. on the yeah, no. But anyway, listen, I am so glad to have you back for part two. I'm our glad part, to be back, too. Our part one was hilarious and um, definitely in my top five most downloaded podcasts because people, you know, love like chaos or something. I don't know what the hell. <laughs> It's what I bring. 
It's uh, it's, it is, yeah, you do bring chaos. You do bring, you do bring chaos. I have to introduce you a little bit this time because last time we talked, I was just like, oh yeah, we met at the um, you know, the party that was raising money for blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Um, Bill Foster, I think it was. No, um, no, no. It was it was uh, Sean Caston. Sean Caston, that's right. Sean Caston, mm-hmm. bless his heart. All right, mm-hmm. so I am talking again to Mary Nisi again, my favorite person in the entire world. She brings so much joy and hilarity to my life. <laughs> right um, back at she, you. I swear, she is the owner of Toast and Jam DJs, one of the largest and best regarded DJ companies in the Chicagoland area. And I would go as far as saying in America. I mean, mm. in, literally in America. Like, you go anywhere. You don't have to just be in Chicagoland. And no. I say Chicagoland because Mary did leave Chicago proper or Chicago and she's in this she's a suburban woman now as you can see by her her background and her beautiful suburban home because this does not look like a Chicago home right I will say as somebody who had to get clawed out of the city of Chicago mm-hmm. now that I'm here I'm like why was I such a cunt about this like yeah <laughs> this I know it's kind of nice up here not gonna lie you know I I love that word <laughs> I love that word I will never say that word but I will let you say it <laughs> I like to call I like to call things cunty. I don't and I can't tell if it's like a parental, I, disgui- parental yeah. discretion advice on this one. I, I feel like it. what so, I when I use it, I feel like I'm using it pointedly. I'm never just gonna randomly use that word. It has you a know, point, I point. mean, maybe like if a woman says it to another woman, it's okay. Yeah. But no, I, men I cannot really I I've heard men say it and it literally makes my fit my hands no. go like this and I'm just like I'm ready yeah. to fight. Like I'm yeah. ready to fight. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, no, wonder, I mean, I don't know. And it's like the way they say it. It's the oh, way it, they say the word. It's words. never, it's, it, so it weird. sounds like they have just reduced a woman to, to like the, yeah. the you know, the, I mean, mm-hmm. the worst day of your period. I can't even and, bring my, I can't even bring myself to say it. Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, maybe I shouldn't, maybe there are feminists out there that, you know, are like, you shouldn't use that word about anything. Um, but I'm in a reclaiming it period. I mean, I guess like. When I hear a man say that word, it really does change my opinion about that man. Like instantaneously, I'm like, that is not a man that's going to be someone that I want to be friends with. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, that's how I feel. So I've raised my three sons to never use that word. Yeah. Ever. Never mind. Perfect. And when they see, when yeah, and when they see it, when they ever, if they ever see it in writing or they hear someone say it on social media, like walk away, unfriend, unclick immediately. Yeah. That's a bad Just guy. Being honest. Um, okay, so, so wait, yeah. I have to finish though. I have to finish. So Mary yes. also, I have to say, is the host of All Up in My Lady Business, a podcast that explores being a woman in business. And I was so lucky to be invited to be on the show. And it was great. I got to talk about my yoni. Mm-hmm. And you can just look up what a yoni is if you ever want mm-hmm. to know. But what's a, you it's a cunt. Even- it's <laughs> The yoni is something that you put inside yes. your, up in your lady business, and it's supposed to help you strengthen your muscles, you know, in your vagina. That's what it's for. It's supposed Wait, to like help a yoni you. is a thing. You thought what the hell? You didn't know you for real did not know what I was talking about. I thought a yoni was just a word for your Girl, yoni. No. Oh my god, no! It's an actual thing you put in your vagina. It's made. It's like <laughs> your face. I'm sorry. It is. It is made in like my my yoni, which I mean, and this is getting really detailed, but the yoni. It's like made of um, uh, like marble, and it's shaped like an egg. Yeah, and you put it in your vagina, and it helps like 
strengthen your your oh. walls and your muscles. It's like it's like it's a kegel, vagina but weights. With an egg inside. Yeah. A what? A, like vagina weights. What is a vagina weight? It's a, I have what? <laughs> oh my god! Like you and me with our yeah, I got a yoni. You got a vagina weight. They're what like. The they're like the, they're these little egg. I can't believe we're talking about this. This like they're like these little egg shaped things, and they've got they're like one ounce, four ounce, and it's like it's it's the same thing. It's for strengthening the pelvic floor, and it's like you're supposed to put it in and like walk around with it, and it's like you're supposed to go up in weights, and it's like to keep you from peeing yourself. Oh my or, god! Um, god. Yeah. So like there is it? So it's like a bunch of mini yonis. Yeah, it's mini yoni. Oh my god. <laughs> anyway, let's get off this. What are we talking about today? <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, I didn't think I was going to be thinking about, I didn't no. think I was going to be thinking about my vagina at this it's moment. It's what now, I do. I mean, <laughs> it's the energy I bring to anything. Is you know, I, make I it haven't used awkward so and it, wrong. Just so the audience knows, I have not used my Yoni in quite a while, but for all of you women that have children like Mary and I have, after you have a child, not only does the shape of your body change, but the shape of your vagina changes, <laughs> especially mine. I had three sons. I have three big giant boys coming out of me. So, and I had a natural childbirth. I don't know if you did Mary, but I had a natural childbirth. So, you know, and yeah, this is the last we'll talk about that. Cause there's a lot, there's a lot more information we could yeah. share, but this honest field guide podcast is not about. <laughs> I mean, it's <laughs> at least we're just marinating in our I'm honesty. Honest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> marinating. It's a good word. Well, listen, I, I am always loving talking to you because um, I'm still hundred percent burned up about local politics in Chicago, right? Mm-hmm. The last time we talked, we oh, were talking got... about, yeah, no, you got what? I mean, I, I'm like, I'm still really burned up. Like I just finished listening to a press conference of mayor Brandon. I know you don't live in Chicago anymore with your beautiful suburban life. And I must've heard the word process like a hundred times and the word trust and just these random kind of like, you know, and he was talking about, um, you know, he was, he was talking about the migrant challenge and this a contract that's going to be expiring with the police department. And people are like, you know, asking questions like, you know, what happened to the $75 million? He's like, I never said anything about 75 million. I, I don't know. It's just, I just feel like when I look at his press conferences compared to previous mayors, I don't feel like he's saying anything. Like nothing is being like, he's just using a lot of buzzwords. And then here's the other thing that I thought was really bizarre about Mayor Brandon's press conference. And I don't listen to all of his press conferences, but um, he has a cadence to his speech. Um, and I, I don't know about you, but I like listening without looking at a picture. Like I can just, I like listening to people talk and close my eyes or turn off the camera just to kind of, I get more information from what someone's saying than what they're doing with their body. Mm-hmm. And like, he has this like, you can tell when he's confident about what he's saying. You can tell when he's not. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he was sometimes slow and plotting or uncertain maybe. And then other times he would like roll into like this amazing speech or amazing, amazing talk. And I could tell that when he was energized around a conversation, it was more of a, of a buzzy conversation than a substantive one. Like mm-hmm. he was just, you know, feeding into what people want to hear, what he thinks they want to hear. It sounded more like an election campaign versus real information. The people in the audience, the press journalists were frustrated, you could tell. Um, and I don't know, like, I still feel like, you know, and when I go out into the world, like, so I just came back from the Sundance Film Festival, right? And I was shocked that people knew about Mayor Johnson and um, some people expressed disappointment that Mayor Lori Lightfoot was still not mayor. They're just like, how did this happen? You know? So I don't know. Like, I feel like 
he's not for me he's not being a good enough brand ambassador for <laughs> chicago <laughs> i suppose that's one way to put it i mean i here's the thing i feel like the mayor of any major city is in an un, like in an unenviable position and i think that like all of them come in they think they're gonna it, you know it's kind of like how Obama said back when he was running in 08 that, oh, the first thing I'm going to do is close Guantanamo and that shit is still open. I think it's like you get in there and you realize like you don't just have the power to like do things uh, because if you do, you're technically a dictator. And so, you know, things are more complicated than anyone tends to understand. So like, and heavy hangs the head that wears the crown. And, you know, I do think that Lori Lightfoot was handed a bullshit hand, you know, bill of lading. Like I think that she, um, you know, governing through COVID, I mean, it's, it, that was a tough time. You had to make hard decisions and she saved a lot of lives. She saved a lot of lives. Like she saved I, a lot of lives. I am, I'm here to tell you, like, I, I mean, I, I know it's not fashionable or whatever, but like, I liked Lori and I think that she yeah. told, and I think that she, I honestly feel, and I don't know if it's, you know, I think it's because she's a black woman that she wasn't reelected. Like, I think that she, I think that it's the same thing with Obama. We have Trump because Trump couldn't handle being made fun of by Obama. And people were like, well, the black woman, we tried a black woman. It didn't 100% work. It 90% worked. But we weren't looking for 100. We were looking for Mm -hmm. 30% from Daly and maybe 40% from Rom. But from Lori, we're going to expect 100%. And if we don't get that, then you know, fucker, we're going to throw out the bathwater and bring in. And I think that Brandon Johnson, you know, I think that he, I mean, I granted, I wasn't following as close as I, as I probably could have. Um, but were you, did you leave Chicago before the yeah. election? Okay. And so you, you didn't even vote in it or you know, I didn't, okay. I didn't even get to vote in it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I probably could have in the Chicago way. You were way. still a resident, right? Uh, oh, no, I, wa- I wasn't. I was probably still registered. <laughs> um, but I'm a legal, I'm, I follow the rules. I re-registered in Evanston. I changed my place and now I don't. Who's the mayor of Evanston? Uh, Daniel Biss. What's he he's like? Practically a communist. A what? I mean, he's not really a communist. What the hell? But he's just super liberal. He's like, I mean, the liberalness in Evanston is is it's. I, I feel there's the liberal overcorrection here is uh it's 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 a lot, and I and it, but I, in a good way. Like I would rather have it be. Uh, people call me on my shit, and I'm like, ooh, this never happens. This is exciting. Like, you know, like I mean, but Evanston. Um, Okay, so comparison, like, he's definitely not dealing with the major problems that we have in Chicago, right? No, I mean, no, but, I mean, there, I mean, there's migrants everywhere. I mean, there's... Yeah. And I mean, what about the tax issue in, in like, Evanston? Oh, like, the taxes are insane. I actually had a huge issue because our 2023 was a, was a reassessment year. And so that means that my house was be- reassessed at what I paid for it, and I overpaid for it by a lot. And, like... Um, which, you know, I think a lot, I mean, but my interest rates are low, so it kind of whatever, Yeah. but, um, but the, that price can change, you know, like I bought it when shit was crazy. And so, um, the, the taxes were assessed at, um, the new amount and my taxes went up by $17,000. Are you kidding me? $17,000. And we freaked out. Like we were like, I don't think we can stay here. Can you protest that? Is there like a a facility to do that? Well, I'd already done that and we, and we fail or we didn't get the, the, the renewal thing. And so then, um, my husband called and lost his mind on the, the attorney. I don't know if this had anything to do with it, but we, we got a reduction by 
nine thousand dollars. So oh it, we, we thank so goodness it, it's, for lawyers. Thank God it, for the lawyers. Yeah, but I mean, I you mean, know. but like I, I guess like what I've understood is that Northwestern University doesn't pay taxes, and so the taxes get passed on to the people. Is that true? Yeah, but I mean, that, yes. I mean, that's where I don't know if you've heard about the hullabaloo around Ryan Field. Has that even made it into your? Yeah. So there's a the the, the football field here is like old and decrepit, and they're redoing it, and they want to change it from a nonprofit to a for-profit entity so they can have like concerts and shit and yep. like the nimbies and will met have lost their mind and right. then there's all these people and we love in- will met by the way i love yeah. will met. oh no I, lo- I love it and i don't and i <laughs> and i get it like if you live within a block of i mean because it's it's right in a residential area mm-hmm. um but they're like it's gonna be loud it's gonna bring this it's gonna bring that and it's like i don't I don't think you. I don't think they're going to be having like Lollapalooza at Ryan Field. You know, it's going to be well, like yet. it's going to be like Smash Mouth. I met I met him by the way at Sundance. Perry Farrell. I sure did. I have pictures. Oh my! I would probably lose my mind. Would Jean's you addiction. lose your mind? Jeans addiction was like, I know, right? Huge for me. Like I, I, know, I was right? at. I went to the. First well, you know, there's lo- a documentary out. The documentary on it is is out. That's yeah, what was at, That's why he was at Sundance. It premiered at Sundance. Documentary I haven't on seen Lollapalooza. it. But um, yeah. but he uh, I he's pretty I was old the, now. I was at the first Lollapalooza back in ninety one. Yeah, ninety one. I saw. I was at the mm-hmm. first. I was actually at the first like seven of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but at any rate, my point is is that Evanston does have a very large tax base, and they yeah. get a lot. I mean, but here's the thing, though, we get shit done, and that's that's yeah. one of the things that I find yeah. I found to be the most. Uh, Eye opening here is that when you do pay taxes into a place that's actually run mm-hmm. like a normal you know, like, a, it's like, oh, wow, look, like, I pay a lot in taxes, but like, they replaced all the lead pipes within, you know, three weeks on my block. Exactly. And yeah, there was, um, I remember, um, so our, our youngest son goes to Loyola Academy, mm-hmm. and uh, they needed to put lights on the football fields, so they could have night games. And that was a really big problem. Like, it was like, huge, like, the whole community got involved and, in, you know, protests. And all. I mean, mm-hmm. they got the lights, but um, there is a very activist political base up there, and, well, and it's, I, it's I love and people, scary. and people listen. People listen and do stuff. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I feel like when I was watching this press conference with with, Man, with Mayor Johnson, I mean, I was astonished at how nothing was said. I was like, well, we've never had a mayor that's never said nothing. Like I'm also, like, what the hell? I mean, I would also I don't know. like to argue. I, guess I don't like... want to bash. I don't want to bash him too much because, like you said, like. You know, they're they're given this ridiculous job that they can't they can't win at. Um, But I guess for me. I feel like maybe does what does he need? Does he need media training? Does he need media training? Like, What is it he needs to do to, like, make himself more um, lively, more like articulate about like things without using words like process a hundred times. Yeah. Right? I think he needs to get a thinner skin. So I think, I mean, a thicker skin rather. A I thicker, think he's, you I don't, thicker, yeah, he needs a thicker, a thicker skin. skin. I, I think yeah. he's a thicker skin. I think he needs to realize like you can't listen to your, I mean, when you're that big, you can't listen yeah. to the shittiest dumb thing that someone says to you about on yeah. TikTok or whatever. Yeah. But prior yeah. coming into this, wasn't he a community organizer? Wasn't that his you know job? What? Yes. Pro- I mean, I and guess. And so I don't, I, and, I mean, but so, so he was had, President Obama. Wasn't he a community organizer? I yeah, mean, but he was what a does community. That mean? Well, but he also what does was. does that mean? He was the state senator too. Like he had political experience before he Okay, ran. that's he, probably he a, a better way to predicate the, the predicate it then, right? Oh, is, unless you're saying like community organizer, he really didn't have the qualification to be mayor. I'm not saying qualifications. I'm just saying he didn't have the experience. the the skin thickening experience that exactly. having a little bit of political experience that would have brought to yeah. uh, to 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 his administration. But I think also he's trying to do things um, 
you know, in a union type of way, which isn't, isn't, I mean, I'm a huge fan of unions. I will never, I'm, I love them. I am the, I, you're shaking your head. I don't know how you feel about unions, but I I'm mean, a, but, but hold on. I'm a fan of unions. I, and I think he's trying to bring that union energy to, um, to Chicago and you can't, I, I case in point, um, I don't know if you've been affected by the new PTO ordinance that's being, that's coming in. Were I don't you think aware? So. You weren't even aware of it? Like, is okay. that part-time ordinance? What does it's, that stand for? It's PTO. Pay, pay, paid time off. So in why November, would I be, okay, why would me as a small business owner be affected by that? I know you might be because you have staff. Yeah. You have, but of, you have like a lot of staff. If you have, do you have any W2 employees? Not anymore. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, this not if since, you ever, not since the pandemic. No. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if nope. you have a, if you have a W2 employee, anybody, mm -hmm. this is like the bodega on the corner to Boeing. They, you have to give every, every employee, regardless of part-time or, or full-time, if they're a W2, you have to give them an hour of PTO for every 40 hours that they work up to 80 hours. Mm, okay. And it's, it's, and they, they started talking about it in like October. They mm -hmm. passed it in November. They just passed it. Yeah. And you know, it's like, and in theory, like if you, I'm not against people being given PTO. Like if you work hard and this is your job, like I think for a full-time worker, all full-time workers should be getting some kind of PTO. And my full-time workers do, I give them two to three to four, depending upon where, where you know, whatever they, uh, but there's a minimum and that's in, when you give two weeks of PTO, then you're good. You're, you're qualifying. But if you like work part-time at the, at a, you know, at Portillo's, you know, just as the cashier ringing up and you're 18 or whatever, like you're going to, the, they have to, the, the Portillo's has to keep track of. And then if that person wants paid time off, you have to give it to them. And if they don't take it, you have to pay them for it at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. And it's like with my job, it's like my DJs give me their availability. They say, I want to work on this day. I don't say you have to work, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then if you want to take a Friday off, you get paid for it. Like that's a different type of thing. And so it didn't really take into consideration a, the various ways in which people are employed. Like I can't have a mm -hmm. DJ that takes a wedding for April 25th. And then it's like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. And yeah. I want to get paid for it. Like that's just not how it operates, but it also has very, I mean, they probably didn't, they probably didn't really tap into the small business community to find out mm -mm. what the small business community needs, which is another thing that pisses me off about the current administration that's in city hall and even at the state level. <clears throat> I love, <clears throat> excuse me. I love, 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 um, governor Pritzker. I still mm -hmm. do not. And I, you know, I, 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 you know, like, and love, uh, Preckwinkle, and, you know, Mayor Johnson, he's 10 months in or whatever. He's still new. But none of these people are doing enough for small business owners. The fact no. that you're having these major challenges means that nobody talked to you. Nobody talked no. to anybody like you. Mm -mm. And if there are people like you in the circle, they're gatekept, you know, they're gatekeepers. And they're yeah. not getting to the right people to be able to say, this isn't really going to work for us. Because what is the definition of a small business? A lot of times the definition is like 50 million and up. Well, hell, you're not making 50 million. Neither am I. Like, well, you know I think it's saying? 500. So I think it's 500 employees and less. Sure. I mean, but I'm just talking about in terms <laughs> of like the, like, if you look at the government contracts, you know, they like, when you look at government contracts for small businesses are like $50 million, like really. And so you're, you figure out how to, how to administer and maintain a $50 million account. 
you know, that's a lot of manpower, woman power that you need to maintain an account at $50 million, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, to the, to staff it, to, to deliver the service or the product. I mean, it's $50 but, million a lot. So my point, my point is though, is that like when they make these decisions, they're talking to different types of small businesses that are defined by the government as a small business. They're not really talking to the gazillion entrepreneurs and women-owned businesses yeah. around, mm-hmm. you know, state, local, nas- nationally. They're not talking to people like us. And we are so many, but we're not being heard <clears> at <throat> all because we're not we're not getting enough money. Our taxes are going up too much. I mean, look, your freaking house, $17,000 in an increase in taxes. That has a huge impact on a small business owner who's working out of her home and another location. You know what I'm saying? So nobody's really talking to us. And I feel like when I look at, when I listen to someone like, you know, Mayor Johnson, who who has a, uh, you know, thousands and thousands of people in this city that work off their kitchen table, trying to make money and trying to hustle out here. He's not speaking to us and we can have an impact on the communities and the neighborhoods because when we make money, we make changes in our families and we make changes in the communities and we make changes all across the city. Like we have a huge impact and nobody's really helping us, Mary. I'm sorry. I really do we have an really... impact. That's the th- so here's the thing on we all do of have that, an impact. Yes. Well, I mean, we do, but they don't care. Like, and that's the thing. It's like they make the yeah. lo- the laws that they are making are trying to right the wrongs that are being inflicted on employees by these big companies coming in that, companies. that that are that are you know they're cutting expenses and making it more profitable for shareholders instead of trying to take care of their employees. What is the fucking point of work? What is mm-hmm. the point of work? It's not to make those people a lot of money and all these Mm -hmm. labor laws are made to correct those things. And the small business owners then wind up being either like we either get these things forced on us with no roadmap on how to, how to, because I want to do it right. I don't want to be wrong, doing things Mm -hmm. wrong, but I don't Mm -hmm. get a letter that says, Hey, small business owner, these, these have got, these laws have gone. It's on you to figure, to, to find the law and read the law, understand the law and implement the law. You're not getting told i mean i guess you maybe you are via like labor law posters but like i don't know and you're not i mean you're out here those. trying to and you're trying out here to run your business too and take care of kids so like i mean how much time do you well, actually have you know and there's but, nobody and here's the other thing like this is the other thing that really frustrates me um you know i got a letter i think it was from one of these organizations in the state that's like oh you know we're working with small businesses and we're working with um you know minority owned businesses and we want you to come to our events so that we can talk about all the opportunities that exist within the state to help you get more business and you know i get these emails all the time constantly are they are they and, are they directly to you or are you part of like a, oh, are they, girl, are they no. bulk sending no no it to no like, they're okay. bulk sending them out and see here's here's the thing um a lot of these messages that go out these people that are running these organizations, number one, they have to justify their jobs. Number two, they're getting paid to do something to show a good face. It's very performative. It's not Uh action-based. And number three, if you're like me, and there's a lot of people out here like me that have gone to these events and believed for some reason that these organizations are really out here to help us get work, you know, women and black and brown owned businesses. Mm -hmm. And you get to these things and you listen to people on a panel talk about all kinds of stuff about how this is what you need to do to get a contract. This is how you have to set up your 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 networks and meet people here and meet the big guys and meet the mid-market companies and the large companies that are out here getting these larger contracts and subcontracts, blah, blah. It goes on and on and on. At the end of the day, one person squeaks through and it doesn't happen at scale. So to, to your point, you know, nobody, I mean, and here's another thing, like that would be great opportunities to talk to us about what we need as small business owners. They could use these vehicles to then 
you know, go in and help us make more money and not pay more taxes and help laws like what you're describing, the PTO law, maybe have some other considerations. But no, these companies, these organizations are out here. They're pretending to make a difference for us when they're not even doing some basic things like, can you please talk to somebody to help them understand why PTO isn't going to work for our small business? Like, so nothing's really, my point is that nothing is really working to put money in the pockets of small business owners. The politicians that are, that we elect are not doing enough. The aldermen in Chicago are not doing enough. The, 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 the Cook County leaders are not doing enough. You know, and See, the large, the large businesses, they're not even being forced or policed to help smaller businesses no. drive more money to the economy. I mean, it's they, like, I don't know, this doesn't work. And then like, and let me just say one more thing while I'm on this, while I'm on this diversity, equity, inclusion programs. I'm sorry. I, I mean, listen, this is very polarizing, but they have never, ever worked ever. They've never worked. And I know it sounds crazy because you have like Mark Cuban out here saying, you know, we need DEI programs. Yeah, we need we need like people to not be racist. Well, okay, <laughs> you so know what I mean? Like, what you, are we saying? Like, yes, you've we covered need... so many fucking things. I can't even be I don't know where to, where to even pin you I down. Know. Listen, this is the, I mean, the main thing the main thing I'm saying is that no other nobody is really, truly making a dent in helping small businesses locally statewide or nationally no one's making a dent it's not happening it's well, not that's because we're not we're not the tax base that's giving them the, the money that they need but here let, to go back to a, a couple of things Wait, back how are we not the ta- the tax base because we're because, individual taxpayers well but i know but we're they don't care about the money i mean the money that we're bringing in is i mean for me it's a lot of money but for them it's not i mean they're they're not going to make decisions for they're not going to try to help us because what they're getting out of us out of us from a tax basis isn't as high as they're going to get from like you know let's use portillo's again like they're a bigger company in chicago so like they're probably te- portillo's is probably technically a small business because they've got less than 500 employees and do they they're, really i don't know i would imagine they're, they're not national you know Interesting. like at any rate my point is is that that they don't they're not asking for our input because they don't fucking care about our input and when i and i want to go back to something earlier like that this is insane yeah that when mm-hmm. I have been trying. I've had my business for, I'm in my 18th year. I have been trying for probably, thank you. Uh, my, my, uh, my business can be legally bound to a contract and smoke, uh, in some States. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I have been trying to become a woman, like a certified women business owner for like 15 years. And don't, every time, do it. every time I try to submit my application, they're like, um, your, your articles of incorporation are missing a page. And then I get, and it's like, I can't even become a part of a group that has any voice and policy. And that's where like the 10 small, like 10, like 10 K SB, like the yeah. Goldman Sachs program. Goldman I did. Sachs program. Like they have a, they have a big ear to policy, but whenever mm-hmm. they send out these surveys, cause we get sent these surveys a lot as an, as a graduate, you're supposed to fill these surveys out so they can have data to give. And it's like, they, I think there must be a lot of larger businesses cause they're there that are in it or that are, I don't know the questions they ask. They barely apply to me, mm-hmm. and um, and it's, so I don't even have a place. Well, I mean, the questions really... are antiquated. Well, yeah, but I guess my point is, is that I don't even know how they would even find me to ask my opinion on things because I can't become a certified women business owner. There's not the the chamber of commerce doesn't seem to be very active in Chicago or have anything to do with anything. You know, yeah, those, are I, just poli- those are just political arms. They really and, are. 
And yeah. so, you know, it's like, I feel like as a business owner, nobody, I, I am, I am, a, I feel like I'm in an island. And quite frankly, in many ways I am. I don't know if I brought this up when we talked the last time, but like, I don't have like wedding, wedding professional or wedding DJ or DJ doesn't have a NAICS code. Did we talk about this the last time I was what? on? Come on now. So yeah. That's we not don't true. Have, it is absolutely true. I can't true. believe it. I'm doing um, it right now. No. Do it. So, try to search for DJ. And so NAICS, for those who aren't listening, is the, it's like the North American industry classification. I, yeah. Uh, system and it's like every single occupation so wait, wait, has... why can't why can't you use musical groups and artists because i'm not a musical group but we i have my company we have to we go under independent artists that's what they call right my name my name's code is but i'm not an independent artist and neither are my djs they were they're w2 and it's like because i don't have a nakes code i have to get glommed i get grouped under alternative in, in, in independent wow. artists Instead of being like an actual business that grosses millions of dollars and, you know, doesn't net millions of dollars, but like it's a, it's a real industry making real money. And I keep getting, I have been under, I've got, I've been audited twice by the Illinois Department of Employment Security. I have a DJ, a former DJ that's trying to file what? a claim with me with the Department of Labor. I have had. Um, and you can't get a person at the Department of Labor either. You can't get a human no. being. Can oh, no, actually, that, I've actually had someone have. assigned to your case. Yeah, they've actually been great. But um, okay. All right. That's good. That's to hear. Ill- I mean, that's Ill- good. But my point is, is that I have, I keep getting this scrutiny and people are always like, God, you get so much scrutiny. And I kind of, I thought it was weird too. I thought it was just like, let's just you know, take the woman down. And I think it really, it's because I'm the canary in the coal mine on any policy. Like when I went, when I made my DJs W2, I had to get a workers comp policy and there was, there were no DJs that could provide any data on how often DJs are filing workers comp claims. So, so I had to crazy go, to me. so I had to, I had to enter it at the highest rate which is like 4% of payroll. So like my first, my first year of workers comp, it cost me $26,000 for my policy. And every year it's come down because I haven't filed any claims. So now it's down to like 12 grand, but I'm still playing 12 grand a year. This is for... so bizarre to me. Like when I was at the Sundance Film Festival, there were DJs everywhere. Yeah. Freelance DJs that are hired, mm-hmm. you know, by these major brands, mm-hmm. major, major brands, you know, mm-hmm. Dropbox, well, a friend of mine was there. Adobe, Chase, Chase Sapphire. Are they in the same situation? I mean, are they mm-hmm. also dealing with the same situation? No, because they are mo- most likely they are all just they're just independent contractors. They're 1099 DJs that are getting hired by these companies. They're getting paid probably like, you know, $20,000 yeah. to yeah. come and DJ at it, but they better yeah. be sacking away 30% because yeah. You know, because so then they're just filing they're they're actually filing as an independent artist and then they're paying yeah. self-employment tax. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I just uh so much. I feel like, I feel like small businesses are under attack mm-hmm. all the time. We're just under attack. And I, well, and I don't, I don't feel like we're getting enough. And when I say small business, I mean, people need to know that a small business in my world is like people like Mary and I, where you're one or 10 and you're really running a small operation that is not only something that you love to do and brings you a incredible amount of joy, um, but two, um, you actually have the ability cause so I don't have employees now. I actually hire people 1099 when I need the work, right. Um, when I need the help. Um, so we bring money into other people's pockets and, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of us out there. And so I know you're saying that they don't care about our money, but our companies employ a lot of people, whether they're 1099 or W2s. And this is what I'm saying. Um, we're just not getting the support and the contracts and the opportunities and the access to tables where people are making decisions and cutting checks and our 
politicians, again, are not doing enough to help us. And they're not forcing corporations to help us either. Like, do you know no. all these big companies? Like, they for example, no. Mary, like, for example, Mary, like in Chicago, like, OK, Boeing has a big event, you know. So what do they do? They go out and they hire a 1099 guy guy, you know, to go out and DJ their party. They really should be contracting with Toast and Jam DJs, which mm-hmm. is like a professional outfit. But they have to be they have to kind of be forced to do that. They have to be told, like, look, we we as city of Chicago or state of Illinois, you know, you're doing a lot of business in our city. You're making a lot of money here. You're doing a lot of deals. You know, you're using our city and state as a hub. You need to be start tapping into all these local businesses to do your work. For example, I got an email, Democratic National Convention. They're just like, oh, um, you know, we want you to put your name on a form. And, we're, and when we look at the forum, we'll get your information and we'll make a decision whether you can work at the Democratic National Convention for us and get paid for it. Mm-hmm. I'm I like, really? Same. That's the best you can do is to like send me an email with a form to fill out. I've been in business since was that, 1997. Was that, was that from the city of Chicago? It was from the, yeah, it was some of it, yeah. I mean, I could pull it up right now. It's from the city of Chicago or, you know, some, so, somebody, somebody that is in charge of getting local vendors at the Democratic National Convention. Did you get this email? No, you I didn't get this. I, well, I, I, I I signed up to get basically it's like I was like I want to DJ everything for the DNC and so I've been trying to figure out how to like where we can put in an an RFP but that's the thing though I mean Ginger that's the thing is like this is where like one of my biggest arguments when my little broken record things is that um is that we've forgotten what the point of work is and and we've we've and we forgot. Now you have. It's you're you, you hustle too hard. You shouldn't have to work as hard as you do for the money that you get. But well, my point. Okay. My, but like like municipalities. True. It's like in the city of Chicago to be a city of the Chicago teacher or fireman or policeman, you have to live in the city of Chicago. I think that's right. I think, and I think that if you're gonna have your, you know, I feel like that's you should be in the place. It's like how beat cops are no longer living in the place where that they that they if you know if like if there were beat cops in every ward. And you knew your cop and you, they knew you and they knew if like that kid's hanging out in the corner, they they're probably, a, they're probably a, a nice kid, but because yep. you don't know who they are, you're going to like, woo woo and then, you know, then all of a sudden that kid has fear and a record and they're getting told they, whatever. My point is, is that when you like the, any, the corporations that are living in the city, they should be forced to use people that live in the city of Chicago, but how are they going to know that I'm there? If I'm not in, if I don't have a certified women business thing, and that's where they go to find their, the women that they want to have to do jobs. Or if there was a chamber of commerce in the city of Chicago that we could be registered within and they well, knew how to I find mean, us. But that would also go to bat for you. Again, I keep, yeah. you know, honing in the point that these political operative organizations don't go to bat the way they should for small businesses. They look like they do on the outside, but on the inside, underneath, the process does not go to bat for small businesses. None of the organizations do that. And the corporations are not told to do it. And they'll go back now and they'll say, well, we don't really have to do it. Um, You know, you can tell us to hire a woman or a black owned business, but the law of America says that we don't really have to do it anyway. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what are we doing here? I mean, how do we how do we how do we become, you know, how do we make ourselves, you know, financially independent? I mean, how do we do this work? How do we hold our politicians, you know, to, you know, how do we hold their feet to the fire? I mean, if I was at the press conference with Mayor Brandon Johnson, like if I would been if I had been there, you know, people like me are not there. We're not given the opportunity to ask questions of the mayor in that type of a forum, right? And the ones that are there are not trained 
in the thinking and the critical analysis that we're having right now. Mm -hmm. They're just like, we want to know why taxes are higher. We want to know what's going on with the migrant situation. I would like for somebody in that room to say, you know, let's switch gears a little bit. You know, how are you putting money into the pockets of small business owners in Chicago? How are you giving them opportunities to actually make a huge difference so they can be more, you know, um, they could be more positive about the city of Chicago? Because if I go across the country and I hear people bashing Chicago and they kind of have a right to bash Chicago, I feel like I'm standing here as a small business owner saying, well, I guess I could, you know, be pro Chicago, but I can really tell you right now that I'm not getting as much help as I need or I want in Chicago. So what am I going to be out here saying? So, you know, we just need to have more opportunities to be visible in the city and the county and the state so small businesses can make some freaking money in this damn town otherwise we're all leaving we're gonna leave i mean a lot of us are leaving i will say we can't make it here girl when the pto thing came out i i literally looked into what was that in november and i'm like do i reincorporate in evanston because i or not in evanston outside it has to be about delaware well, I know that's just whatever. <laughs> I, that's the thing. Here, but here's the thing, Ginger. It's Get not that the I, heck out of Dodge. It's not that I don't. Here's the thing. I I feel like paying taxes is a privilege. If you are paying taxes, it means you made money, and I don't I don't have a problem with paying taxes. I do. I don't. And even I don't if have I have a problem paying taxes either, as long as they're as long as they're actually doing something. Well, I mean, that's and, but that's the thing. You're supposed to be able to elect the people to do the things you want. But this town, ta- this whole fucking country is so gerrymandered that really, literally the only voices that are getting here to the Marjorie Taylor Greens, because they are the ones who've been they've managed to, you know, chunk everything together so that like people who just want to like live their lives and not to fucking think about you know whether or not if their daughter gets raped yeah. they have to carry the baby to term. Like if they can you know, just fucking be in the world. And I do think one of the bigger issues about being a small business owner is that I feel like we are all being dared to make mistakes. It's like, you don't, you don't like, we're not given, we're not given like, Hey, the law change, here's what you have to do now. And if they are, they're not doing it in a way that, you know, people can hear, or at least I can hear. Like maybe Mm -hmm. I, maybe there is a place where those things are coming up, but I'm, I don't know where it is. And I've been doing this for almost 19 years now. Yeah, and so, yeah. you know, it, no, it's gatekeepers, people well, that keep information away, you know, people that just don't give a damn. Like and I'm not earlier, the kind and here, and you and I, you and me mm-hmm. as a women and you as a black woman, I don't want to speak for you, but I'm thinking like when the rules do get not followed, We're the there's always now. a guy they know somebody who's going to get them out of it and they're going to avoid mm-hmm. fines. Whereas right. like, I'm just gonna be like, okay, I didn't do it right. I guess I'm just going to you know pay the fine and then pay a lawyer to undo it. Whereas like, you know, some just like fucking white guy with the sports bar that fucks up. They're gonna be like, it's okay here. He's gonna be like, here's a thousand dollars. And also don't, you know, it's like, I don't know how to play that game and I don't want to play that game. Right. Yeah. I mean the, the handshakes, you know, and the single page contracts and the, you know, calling the friend and the guy and the buddy, you know, mm-hmm. the good old boy network thing is alive and well, you know, but it, I mean, you know, just to, you know, play devil's advocate, um, there's a lot of women out there that are playing the game too, and they're not helping other women, you know, get ahead. Well, I mean, and really, it's what, well, even, and a part of me is like, they're not even doing enough to help other women. Like I can, I can but, name 10 women that I've come across in my lifetime that propose to be, you know, like all about women and independence and, you know, um, all the things, women's rights and making sure that, you know, women get access to opportunities and they've never helped 
other women yeah, really I, that, get the things done. So I'm not trying. I'm not out here trying to bash women. No, but the heart. You know, we feed into the, we're, we're uh, many of us are feeding into that's this, but you know, here, the patriarchy the way I don't the way it's blame them. To be. You don't I don't blame, blame them. them. No, why? I, I, it meant because when no, wait wait you don't blame who? I don't blame the women who are playing the game. They figured it out, and it's like that it sucks. sucks man. It sucks. I hate but that. I it really sucks, hate but, that. But why should I always have to be the one that does the fucking right thing? Yeah, yeah. I'm, and I always do because I'm yeah. a rule follower. I always do the right thing. I do like not even, follow the rules, but I do the right thing. I'm no, I'm a big rule follower. I don't yeah. like I, I, my family owned a restaurant that ran it. Like it, everything fell off the back of a truck, and it got it closed down in this very embarrassing and unceremonious way. So like, when I made my business, I was like, I'm doing everything right and above board because I'm not going to lose my business because I thought I could game the system. And, you know, so I, I, and I want to do right by it, but it, the, the, it makes it really hard when you see people that aren't and they're not getting busted for it. And the second I try to do anything, even slightly <laughs> trying to like, well, maybe I'll call the alderman and see Try if he can get on, me out of it. it never fucking works. It never works. And, then I'll, yeah, and then I'll hear from somebody works. else like, oh, I just called my alderman and he like checked the box and made it go away. And I'm like, yeah, how's that work? How's that? Am I invisible? I like, why am yeah. I? Why do I? Ha- you know, so you know what you know, I was if- thinking. Like, I was thinking like back in uh, you know when I started having children, um, and you know, not to like turn this into a bigger thing, but in two thousand seven, so much change in the technology world. Like, things were created and born in, in mm-hmm. literally the year two thousand. YouTube, YouTube Just, was invented I mean, in two thousand seven. So much, so much was going on. You know what was going on with me? I was popping mm. out babies. Yeah. You know, like I literally had a window of invention and then I started having children and I was thinking to myself, you know, my God, you know, women are like portals and we are givers and we are so distracted because we carry children and we just have to have babies and which, you know, stops us from so many things. You know, you can decide not to have a child. And you could make a lot more money in the world. A woman can make a lot more money if she says no to children. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it. I mean, she can keep going and, and you know, you know, and it's just like, it, it just occurs to me sometimes. I'm like, you know, what are women supposed to do? Like, what are we actually supposed to do? Like we, we want children. We want to have our own money. We want to have our own careers. You know, we want it. We want to be able to make our own choices, but you know, things just happen, you know, and well, I'm not looking back with regret. I'm just looking back and, and just, just trying to figure out, okay, where is my opportunity to be a multimillionaire? Well, well there was a couple windows and a couple portals that I couldn't go through because I had children. And why am I, why am I being punished for that? Like, why, well, like you said, like, why am I being punished? Because, you know, I'm raising three beautiful sons in the world and I'm sitting here trying to, you know, like you are trying to keep a business going and actually try to build wealth in the business yeah. while also raising children and hopefully they can go on to college and not end up back on the plantation because they take out a student loan. They end up being broke and destitute. Like what is it going to take? What, what people out there in the political arena, what is the small business administration doing for small business, real small businesses? I'm not talking about 50 million plus businesses that can supply services to the military complex. I'm just talking about individual small business owners. Do you know, for example, I, I was filling out some forms, like trying to like see if I should be part of the 8A program, right? Which is like this huge program that the federal government office federal government offers to help small businesses have an opportunity with some of these larger contracts. And so you get like you know you get like special uh, training and you get access to like other resources in the government and 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 you actually get uh, to apply for specific contracts that are only designed for X amount of dollars. 
that, you know, that, that they know small businesses can, can do. And so I went through this thing and this was of course last year and I applied and I got back an email from someone that's in the 8A program that's administering it. It was like, it was like 20 pages long about all the things that I didn't do right on my application. I mean, it was, I was just like looking at this, like, and I, I actually back a message and I said, you are not, you do not want a real small business to participate in this program. Like this you need, is, this you is need a company with a legal, with a legal Jesus. arm. And yeah, I mean, no. it was insane. I was like, this is not a program designed for small business. This is a lie. This is a mm. lie that the government is trying to help small businesses. They're not, they're not, nobody's really trying to do it. Nobody's well, what doing it. And what they're, so here we are, we're like freaking stuck here. And what we have politicians that honestly, I actually also think that the politicians, they are so detached from the reality of everyday people yeah, that they don't even understand how some of the things that they could be doing for us could be actually life-changing. They can well, literally change our lives at scale. Not just okay. me, not just you. Yeah. Okay. So I think that politicians, the, the problem with politicians, the second they get in there, they have to start re-election campaigns again. So it's like, <laughs> you know, you, they, yep. they, they can't the really, they have, to, raise, they have yeah. to, they have to deal with the high level shit because they don't have the bandwidth to deal with any kind of the, 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 the boots on the ground stuff. And I do think that, you know, more women being in the, like, for instance, like I, I am perimenopausal, like a motherfucker. <laughs> and I am, I am always on the brink of a hot flash. I am, it's horrible. Have you seen Tracy Ellis Ross talk about this? No, like she gave a speech. She gave a speech last week and she was like, (laughs) she forgot what she was saying. She's like, I I made the wrong choice of clothes because she's, she's, she's very menopausal. She had on some giant fur and she broke out in a hot flash. And she was, no, it's, it's a real thing. I put this vest on thinking this is going to be a fool's errand. It's not going to be long for very long. But, um, my point is, is that, uh, Nobody talked about this shit. And then now, because Gen X women are doctors and have been, you're you know, they're, you're talking about menopause. Just, there's just more research being done on it and there's more help out there. I went yesterday. I had to go, I, I was dying and I went to go see my doctor yesterday. And like, you know, we, I, I had pelvic floor physical therapy I have to go to now and I'm on an estrogen patch. We'll I mean, it's all this. Yeah. But I think that my point is, is that I don't, like, it's once we started having representation, that's when they started actually caring and looking into this and th- seeing it as a real problem so wait and, are you saying that gen x is representation for for menopause and that's why this is all happening i think that gen x is are people that are actually doing something about it and realizing it doesn't have to be this way and do it like yeah. studies were only f- funded by companies that they used men as the basis for yeah. Yeah. all the studies so if there's not a man who goes through menopause well yeah. then we're well, not gonna is, it's not a real a- thing and there is something that came out a couple of years ago about a new, you know, menopause drug that a pharmaceutical sure. company Sure, that's together. not. So my, I mean, but, just have to also realize that they're also there's also a a, a corporate, you know, element to it. Yeah, to there has to be more, yeah more women aware of it so they can actually start buying into the pharmaceutical it's, system. It's kind of like when the Sex and the City movie came out. Everyone's like, yeah. women go to movies. We had no idea that they were a financial block. This homogenous woman block that like did you see, did goes. You see the, did you see the day that just came out about Taylor Swift and the NFL? And the Super Bowl. Well, so many hot takes. What about it? Oh yeah, well, just that like they have some like forty-seven percent increase or something. In, yeah, you know, yeah, in, like but... viewership of women, of girls and women, and it's just, I don't know, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. Yes, but and, you know that Stanley Cup where they end up selling like millions and millions. Of yeah, Stanley it's Cups because women were using it. So it's so I mean, what stupid. What does it all mean? Yeah, we're, it, we're it just, means we're that just, we're because... portals and vessels. We're like we're portals and vessels, and nobody's actually helping us make the money, but they're definitely helping us get the money out of our, out of our damn pocket. The forty-hour work week. Me off. 
the 40 hour work week isn't really based on anything. It's just based on a number that was easy to figure out. And it also only works if you've got a person staying at home running your life. That's yep. the only way a 40 we hour week that, works. Exactly. And so by having women and men both working 40 hours, it's like they come home and it's like, oh man, I who's going to clean the house? Well, the woman's going to because that's what the <laughs> patriarchy said and dinners, et cetera. And so then you all of a sudden you've got a house, you got a, somebody who's cleaning your house. You've got, uh, you know, I have meal kits that get delivered to my house because what we were making for dinner was always Do the biggest really? fight in our family. Yeah, because we had to. It was like <laughs> all we all we did was I fight over kits. what we were having for dinner. And once we got the meal kits in the scene, it's like, okay, three meals of our week are always covered. And then we can do takeout or go out for the other two or whatever. But I mean, that's the thing I is you have to make. I love that your fights over meal kits. Damn you. Well, it was fights, <laughs> over, well, it was fights over like, what are we having for dinner and who's making it? it was I just, love that. But the thing and is, you, know, that you, have- he, you know, and the thing is like what you're talking about right now, like Mayor Johnson, like he had a press conference apparently where he was like, people were like, you know, asking him to do stuff. And he's like, I'm a dad. I'm married to a, I'm married to a black woman. I have to get my kids to school. I have soccer games. I have so much to do. Like he was actually talking about that and he got ripped for it because he's like, look, people are like, look, you're the mayor. We don't really care about all your problems. But to your point. Like, you know, everybody's dealing with all these things. Like everybody's working, you know? Well, and that's, and that's where, I mean, a lot of companies are going down to four day week works, work weeks. And, you know, because of, because of COVID people could be figured out they can work for home. And so there, there's a lot more flexibility. And I feel like that's more like the impact of women being involved in this, realizing you don't need to be working five days. You know, if you can Mm -hmm. get it all done in four fucking do it, uh, you know, or or less, or and so, and I, but but really, or not from only the po- just that, but how okay. about like you don't even have to be home to do it. But the point is, is that the small business issues that could truly change our lives, that would really be impactful, would be subsidized childcare and subsidized healthcare. At the end mm-hmm. of the day, those are the two things. If those things were like, if you look at France or whatever, like they mm-hmm. have the most incredible childcare that starts at like six weeks, and everybody sends their kids to it. Yep. Rich, yep. poor, everybody. Like there's no, and, and, and they're, they, I think it's because too many people of color would be, would benefit from it. So white people will not, you know, go, will not think to do it because, you know, it's, it's like they, they can't imagine their money going to help anybody else, even though all their money is going towards that. Listen, healthcare is an issue that prevents people from running their own businesses because Mm -hmm. they can't guarantee that they can maintain their standard of living if they have a health problem and yeah. they don't have insurance because they're an independent or being able to know, pay for business it. Business owner. Yeah, you know, exactly. If something like, goes wrong. I mean, that's, that's a, that is a, that is like a huge, I mean, that is such a magnificent challenge that, you know, it's listen, shocking I, to me that I, we don't care. Let me just say this. If I like, there was one, there was one year where I got a single gigantic contract and it was the first time I'd ever gotten a large contract concentrated in a short amount of time. And I remember like when I got, when I got this contract, I was like, Oh my God, this is beautiful to have the freedom and flexibility to have this volume of money because not only can I do a really great job on the client's project, but I can also take care of my family at the same time. Like it was like, is this what it's like? Is this what, like, is this what it's like? And how do you replicate that? Mm -hmm. You know, what is, and it was only because of the pandemic that that happened. Mm -hmm. It was post George Floyd. It was all the like guilt money that Mm -hmm. came in, you know, especially to women. (laughs) Really? It was really, it was true. It's true. You know what I mean? But how do you replicate that? And I feel like at that moment, there were politicians that were really fighting for the little guy at that time. You know, they were fighting for the little guy. 
and it was really driven by fear and guilt. And it wasn't necessarily driven by this is what we always should be doing. This is how we should be running the country with small businesses. It wasn't about that. But it, it, it should have been because if it had been, we would still be in a situation right now where all of us would be having opportunities like I had that one single time yeah, to but have a life changing contract. But right? if you got I it mean, once, like, you could get and, it again. Yeah, you can get it again. But but the getting it again is the hustle that you were talking about earlier that makes you have to work so, so, so hard. I mean, I was fortunately in a position at that time that I had built a business that I could with I could take an assignment like that and I still can and still make it happen. But now to get to that type of assignment, to get to that type, that volume of, 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 of revenue, to get, you know, single, like multiple single opportunities like that, it's like you like you said what do i have i have to step and fetch it and i have to beg and claw and 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 i have to get past the gatekeepers i have to ask the organizations and associations to help which they're not doing because they're fighting for their lives because dei is under attack you know you have politicians that are not focused on small business owners and helping them so yeah you can definitely get it again but getting it again is a whole level of crazy it's whole well, crazy it's a whole level of crazy to, Mary. i mean to speak it's just it's a lot. It's just a lot. And I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't think the environment now, and it's getting worse because of artificial intelligence, because all these tools are coming out, which are now making people, giving people the opportunities to do whatever they want, however they want to do it as fast as they want to do it. And I'm not down, I'm not saying no, because I love AI too, but I'm saying that the, 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 the opportunities are getting thinner and thinner and harder and harder for small businesses and independents to survive well, so, and have like stable stable opportunities to make money and and the people that are running the government including president biden i'm sorry to say are not doing enough well, and they need to I mean, do more for us the problem is that there's the problems are too big right now for them to even give a shit about us but that i is really I, pathetic i they're know like, what do you but mean I, well we're, i mean like one of the largest economies in the world you mean to tell me that they they can't break people off to, to like focus on us that's bull well, you would I don't think. believe that. I I think it's underfunding. Of, like my, you know, whatever. I, underfunding. I think it's, well, I think it's. I think that the money in the government is earmarked for like. I mean, the like the defense budget is like forty percent of our GDP. So like, or not? The, is that how it works? No. Yes, and so it's like you know, they could they could cut the government the military in half. We'd still have the the biggest military in the world and then all that money could go towards you know don't even talk to me about how much money he's sending to you know to israel and whatever i'm like it's the way governments spend money it's a whatever thing we can mm -hmm. sit here and bitch about like they don't listen to it what, what's the solution do you have a solution yeah. do you have an idea yeah. because yeah. i mean the, the only answer is to well one of the solutions is to do what we're doing is to like ask people to actually talk about it and that's the other piece is that people are afraid to put it in their faces the people are afraid to put in their faces and like i said if i was a journalist i would be asking different questions but i'm not given the chance to kind yeah. of stand there and ask these questions i mean half well, the time they don't want you to ask these types of questions because they're actually really hard it's mm -hmm. much easier to come out with a sound bite and use the word process ten thousand times than to actually have a real conversation you know what i mean that's gonna well, catch you in the end i will it's say i'm serious mayor johnson's saying process 80 million times what that tells me is he got in there and he's like everything is done willy-nilly like there's no pro like, there's every like they're each like there's a form and a form and a form and a form i'm sure what he's thinking is the sop to run the government is fucked and i am not used to this level of dysfunction within a working environment and so he 
like if he just SOP'd the entire government, then maybe he would we'd be able to like I, I oftentimes think like what, what if we just unplug SOP? standard operating procedure? Like oh. a, you know, like, <laughs> um and so I like SOP'd. Like well, I feel like go, yeah. I just wish sometimes I'm like, can we just unplug the government and plug it back in and just reset everything and just yeah. start over again? Yeah, I think they tried that on January 6th and it, it was, yeah. you know, thank God. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, no, I have I mean, three minutes. Don't, don't say that. But so listen, I have, I've, I've I have got, three minutes. So let's, yeah. what do we, let's, what do we do with it? I want to, I want to ask this last question mm-hmm. and I want to know what you think about Beyonce's Texas Hold'em song because it's a black woman singing country music. And don't tell me you haven't heard it because you're a DJ. First of all, <laughs> she she can do no wrong as far as I'm concerned. Like, what is she gonna say? Her and that that wig and the and the cowboy hat. Girl, she's hot. I mean, there's. She's I mean, hot, I can't hot, even. Hot, I would watch. Hot. I would watch. And you know, I I think that Beyonce is a bit heartbreaking to me because I I feel like she mm-hmm. keeps getting yep. denied. Yes. The the that. respect and the coverage and the awards that she deserves like yep. she's you know and it's like she, because here's the thing I feel like Beyonce in the early days of her career was very pop oriented and very mm-hmm. much you know like trying to make a product yeah. that everybody can like and I feel like she's gone very um she's making her own thing she's targeting mm-hmm. whatever she wants to target she wants well, to listen, make listen I first of all there's a whole thing around black people in country music and I'm here to tell you that black people do not like country music. And, you know, I have a country band with my husband, Grant, Utah Carroll. And, you know, the culture does not line up for it. And so what I love about what she's done is she's being she's been subversive. She's like, you know what? Black people are going to love country music because I'm going to bring it. And she tapped all of these black people that play country instruments, you know, and brought her brought them to the process of production. And I just love it. And I wish that there were. Um, you know, I wish black Americans would open their minds and I know that there's a history of country music and being in the country, you know, that's based on a lot of horrible race and racism and things like that. I mean, it's just really bad, but the music stands alone and it stands up and it stands apart. And I just feel like I love what she's done with it. You know, she's, she's bringing a conversation around black people in country music to an industry that is so resistant to well, black people coming in the color line in country music is really i mean i feel like it's like we're talking about like when 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 black people broke the color line in, in baseball like this well, is what but she's doing and i love it well what? i think I if mean, you if you go to like if you go back into the history of country music there's a lot of there's a lot there's a lot i feel like there's a lot more influence from you know from soul and gospel and of course and the band you know and mm-hmm. uh that what's the the um spirituals etc that i think that white people that are the gatekeepers in country want to admit isn't there and the and the and the you know and the influence you know of black people on country music i mean even if you listen to it now it's like you've got um fucking you know like luke combs doing like uh I, i don't know if he's even a guy that does this but there's like there's a lot more like you know like electronic beats i mean there's they're they're borrowing from different yeah. genres and they're making it yeah but, but she's but she's but she's no. going she's going hard yeah. though on no. the horse the hat yes the country scenes i mean the boots i mean but, she's she's bringing she's bring, i mean like when i saw her at the super bowl i was like oh my god she's like channeling dolly parton and I oh love my it. god you know she what i mean amazing. i love it i love it and dolly would dolly would be like let me help you girl because i'm going to bring you here i'm going to bring you through and i feel like someone needs to if, if if anyone's going to break 
the color line in country music, it can be Beyonce. And I hope that she brings more black people to explore country music and folk music and Appalachian music, because it is really, it's really great music. I'm not talking about the modern pop music of today. I'm really talking about some of the roots of country, which you're Merle Haggard's. So, I mean, sure. Yes, exactly. I mean, I'm ready for Beyonce. I'm ready for all the black people in country, not Charlie Mm -hmm. pride. I want Beyonce country. Well, they are there. There's like rumblings that she worked with Taylor Swift on this record. And if that's the case, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. wait, 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 look at the, look at, look at her social media. There's a picture of her with Taylor Swift and it says something like there's going to be an earthquake or something when the news of this comes out or something. It was like, yeah. So I I really have. All right. Well, listen, Mary, this has been a great conversation again. I love it. Part two of our amazing conversation on the honest field guide podcast everybody needs to check out toast and jam djs and i'm gonna get mary to come back on again because i have so much fun listening to her talk about all the cool things so thanks for coming i'm ginger bye thank you thank you for having me you're supposed to say i'm mary i'm mary (laughs) thanks for coming to the honest field guide see you soon bye the honest field guide is produced by the team at burr creative where brand and multi-channel strategies are designed to help you get attention grow scale and keep up with the pace of change the music on the podcast is written and performed by utah carol you can find their songs everywhere online to buy or stream the opinions expressed on the honest field guide are solely those of the host and guests